Hi, this is Cliff Griego for the picture-poems.com website in the circle in the square. Thanks for tuning in. This is episode five of Poems to Live By. I wanted to try something a little bit different this morning. It's about seven o'clock natural time. You abbreviate that with an NT. Um, out here doing phenological time uh, climate crisis photography work, you have to pay great attention to the time. So we have completely done away with, and as far as that's possible, this cultural misfit of changing something as primary as relationship between light and clock time. Be that as it may, it's already way too hot, and uh, it's a way of keeping this episode brief because within a few minutes um, the sun will already be far too intense to be sitting out here. There's not a trace of dew and we're at 14.50 about at Heartbreak Meadows and we're setting out on the second leg at Tapa in the Tour de France time of year. It's the middle of July 2018. We're setting out on our the second leg of our um, annual circumambulation of the great uh, Eagle Cap Wilderness, the Wulawas. And if you haven't listened to me describe that before, very briefly, that's uh, on foot in mountain bike, I go counterclockwise around the whole of the range, which I imagine is a spinning wheel of energy a mandala. So it's really a kind of pilgrimage that you do with your feet and the pedals of a bike. And um, along the way, I run all the spokes of the wheel, the rivers, um, on foot mostly, and um, go up and down, up and down. And that's a part of that project, um, Think of a River which I hope someday soon will be a photo audio book about the parallel. For me, it's not a parallel. This movement of living water, the movement of living sound, and the movement of living consciousness, our consciousness. So it's already way too warm, 7 o'clock natural time. It's almost too hot to sit here. And I have to make a major shift of gears, no pun intended, because I'm dropping all the way down to like 600 meters. So if you're used to doing picture-poems.com math, that's about six or seven or eight degrees of climate. So every 100 meters up and down is a difference of one degree centigrade Celsius temperature. Uh, approximately, without trying to be too precise. But uh, what you're going through is climate. So going around this great mandala wheel of the Wogawas, um, um one has great, great, great opportunity to meditate on water, sound, energy, and consciousness. And... Um, 
what you explore, what I explore, is the unity of that movement. Hmm. So what I see and what we've done with water, think of a river, that project that I'm working on, the parallels between living water and living consciousness. What we've done to the river is not similar, but exactly the same to what we've done to our consciousness. Not consciously, but it's just the nature, the nature, the destructive, divisive nature of thought and thinking generally. So that's the spirit of the pilgrimage. You're welcome to come along, and Poems to Live By is a central part of that. That's how we mark not just time, but our spatial location spiritually in living sound. So perhaps you've tuned into that talking hand's talking feet. It's a practice, a technique that's been developed for the circle and the square, that music, poetry, and dance performance project that I work on as I go along. Um, but it's a wonderful uh, practice. And uh, I mention it because in talk three, you can listen and laugh a little bit. Cliff does see the end of it. I'm sitting next to a river, so um, that's I can see the river from here. Uh, but uh, there's quite a bit of a roar going on in the background. And at the end, see, I'm making excuses. But anyway, I mangle a uh, little favorite Emily Dickinson poem of mine. And I've actually used it in music and have walked with it for many years. There are different versions of it you can find. And uh, um, I wanted to use it, speak of it, perform it, uh, share it in the context of Talking Hands, Talking Feet. Well, we're not going to do that here. Although I have brushed up, I always say, uh, to know a poem by heart. That's what we're doing, poems to live by. To know a poem by heart is to have forgotten it a thousand times, at least a thousand times. Because you'll be going along and you'll, uh, uh, like, slip, just like you slip naturally walking. And the whole point is not to slip, but it's the spirit of ongoing self-correction and truth and function. And that's the spinning wheel, right? The spinning wheel of in energy, the mandala, the great circle of the wowas that were circumambulating again this year. I always go, for whatever reason, that's how I sense the grain of energy, like a carpenter senses the grain of maple or um, a spruce wood for a violin. Well, I sense the energy going vitterschins, as you say in an ancient old English word, vitter against the sun, the movement of the sun. And so counterclockwise. And I do it very, very, very slowly. So my feet never leave the ground. And all depending on conditions, I may linger in the spot for a few days, work on some poems or some musical pieces or do journal writing or, heaven forbid, uh, just resting and meditating. 
a bit in well uh, so here we are and this Dickinson poem it is not just a remarkable cultural document and masterpiece but it's a wonderful living sound composition in living sound so you musicians out there beware because in poems to live by, um, like the real pieces we have been doing. Let's see, what have we done? Um, whoever you are, step out into your living room where everything is so known. See, I made a mistake. Whoever you are, step out into the evening out of your living room where everything is so known. Your house stands as the last thing before great space, whoever you are. See, in Poems to Live By and Talking Hands, Talking Feet, um, it's wonderful to make mistakes because just like a real jazz improvisation, not a riff, but the real thing, there's always a listening going on. So if there's listening, there's, you don't fall, right? You hit a bump in skiing or on your bike and you simply self-correct. You tune, that's truth and function. So it's fun. Go out there and make mistakes. So that's one of the real pieces we've done. Now let's get right to that Dickinson. Death is a dialogue between the spirit and the dust. Dissolve, says death. The spirit, sir, I have another trust. Death doubts it, argues from the ground. The spirit goes away, just laying off for evidence. An overcoat of clay. Well, there you have it. Um, um, that's not only just such a movingly beautiful, powerful poem. If we were to switch over, I guess we can do that. Uh, talking hands, talking feet. Well, there, because we're moving easily, we hope, stepping in and out of music, mathematics, and poetry and dance. We do everything, movements, uh, we take movement as primary, just like the circumambulation. We're always moving, moving, and sensing where we pause, where we camp. Our feet never leave the ground, so your experience of the earth is totally transformed. Don't take my word for it. Just uh, get rid of your car and give it a whirl. But it's totally transformed. You can spend many lifetimes studying at a university and the one thing that they should teach you, they don't. And that's simply to watch where we're not free. We think we're free, but actually we're not. So I'm speaking to myself as well. I'm listening to Emily Dickinson. Well, what's she talking about? Death, right? And we think we're liberated. No. There's a flicker. He seconds that. 
we think we're liberated. But uh, truth and function, this pilgrimage, this circumambulation, well, we're pausing. And the poetry brings energy together. It's a kind of spiritual excellence. If you want to be formal, it manifests in living sound. Death! Listen to all those very sharp D sounds. Death! Dissolve! Doubt! Death! Death is a dialogue. It's a little bit more rounded, that sound. Death! In the rhythm, well, in Talking Hands, Talking Feet, I encourage you to explore that as a practice, not just listen to the little dialogue circle talks, but as a Yoga Alexander-like technique-like practice. We straighten out the time, and that is so that we can step it into musical movement very naturally. Like if you were to teach this to a very young child, say four or five, they could easily do this poem without trying to understand it. Um, it's more of the fun of the music. You straighten out the time. Well, um, even if you were the most obsessed mathematical rhymer out there, <laughs> like someone who just uh, does experiments uh, with haiku. So 17 steps, as we say. We don't use the word syllable because step is self-referential. It is what it talks about. There are three steps in syllable. And for a child, well, it's obvious. So in Talking Hands, Talking Feet, we've introduced these concepts. Um, how does it go? Uh, foot a tongue, tongue a foot. We do everything with the hands, with the tongue, and speaking, singing, and dancing. So I'm seated out here. It's just about, uh, we're keeping this short because it's too hot. And I have to, it's always kind of sad breaking camp. If you haven't experienced that, it's one of our most primal experiences as a member of Earthbound Creatura not just Homo sapiens, but 99% of our natural history is moving from place to place. Right? So it's very deep, not just in our genes, but in our spiritual resonance. To know where To know where to camp is a very great art form that has been denied so many young people in the West. That's not just a bad idea. It's in a way ethically uh, criminal. We don't want to lock people up. <laughs> We just are speaking out for the lack of a sense of a creative ethics that one is responsible for what we do. That doesn't mean we don't screw up and make mistakes. 
I do all the time. But we simply self-correct. And the more dialogue and the more friendship we have, the faster, or the more effortless, not fast, that introduces time, but effortless, how we self-correct. So death is a dialogue between the spirit and the dust. That's very powerful language. So how would you perform that? That's a good question. That depends on, do you hear that? That's a hermit thrush. He's about 300 meters away. I can't see him. I never see them. I carry a monocular eagle eye, mostly for macro photography, but also to read the, the clouds and weather. And uh, in music, that perspective is absolutely magical, but hasn't been discovered even with our digital revolution. To have something sound that's a full-breasted sound, but very far away, lontano in Italian. So it's absolutely clear, but you know it's very far away. And that gives such perspective to the circle of your world nested within the much wider world of the universe. So we're trying to introduce that back into music. Death is a dialogue between the spirit and the dust. So that's one breath, 14 steps, 14 steps. So in Talking Hands, Talking Feet, that's not our focus, but I, it's a teaser, as they say, that's You can rewind that and count them. But there's an effortless way that we learn in Talking Hands, Talking Feet of how to count without thinking. Now that's hard to do. That's a part of the secret of the technique, if I may be so bold. And that only comes from years, for better or worse, of doing hyper-complicated, sometimes actually good music as a conductor. But most of it I wouldn't listen to now. But That's 14 steps. So a child, if you know this poem, when you, once you know the poem by heart, and are teaching it to a child, that's so much fun to dance those. So I'm doing it with my feet now. I'm seated on the ground. But uh, um, So that's tongue a foot, foot a tongue, that there is a natural synergism. There's a robin just landed on top of a spire fir. Now, does he hear that? She hear that? I can't quite see. It's not singing. It's it's so it's about twelve meters up, and it's beating the bounds of its territory, looking out over this magnificent meadow, now very much overgrazed and dried out. Now it's flying out, checks us out. Oh, there's old Cliff. Nothing to worry about. And then takes off. What is his or her relationship with that hermit thrush? I don't know if you can hear that hermit thrush. It's absolutely magical sound. 
much more than I could ever say about simplexity, simple to complex and back again. So that rhythm So if you that's straightening out the time. Now why would you do that? That's because we're stepping it into music and sound, which makes it the learning experience tremendously more powerful and deeper and more resonant. And we see that dance, poetry and music as a unity. So I was just going to mention the synergistic triangle, one, two, three, infinity. Just uh, check that out with Bucky Fuller Synergism. That that is one of the primary um, concepts of nonviolent. Yes, it can be nonviolent design, designing with a resonance of truth. That what you're looking at, we cannot possibly know what true design is, but we can know just like when we tune the fists of a cello. Um, how do we do that? Well, we're moving with self-correcting truth and function. So that doing it musically, doing it dancing, and then when you step it back into natural time, that's poetic time, very much more complex, beyond notation. Well, let's listen to what those steps sound like. Well, as I've frequently spoken of before, um, that is impossible to write down in musical notation, even for a soloist, let alone for a whole orchestra. Let's try a slightly different version. They understand, not that I've had the privilege of being there, but in India, in Africa, where they still have a very much alive drumming tradition, they know that you can talk with the drum. Not just by changing rhythm, but changing the sound, the living sound, the vowels, consonants, overtones. So death is a dialogue between the spirit and the dust. Well, how many different there are infinitely many ways. So now that we freed ourselves from the paper, there are different versions of that poem. We're not going to concern ourselves with Emily's scholarship, but we have this, we're not even concerned about how it's written down. Let's do this second phrase. Dissolve, says death. The spirit, sir, I have another trust. So we have a dialogue going on. Spirit and death. Well, we think we're free <laughs> and are an advanced culture. But one of our, as I call it, primary confusions is, of course, about the nature of death itself, right? That's why, among other reasons, we're doing this circumambulation that's about relationship. That's an open question. Remember that little saying, conclusions fight, questions ask. <laughs> 
Is it true? Conclusions, conclusions, fight, questions, ask. That's seven steps. Well, that, I would almost say, serves, if we were in a circle, to slow us down a little bit. That's the very essence of all three, art, religion, and science. We're so confused. And I include myself in those children of confusion. So this circumambulation is a rhythmical thing about going around and asking questions. Those are horse flies coming in with the cattle. Within another few minutes, it will be too dangerous to sit out here. But we're, as you say in Dutch, full heart and uh, persevering for the sake of Dickinson and her magnificent little jewel. So what is it? Is it a poem? Is that, we say it's a movement of energy. It's a movement of meaning. It is pure music. It doesn't have to be set to music, although we could do that. It doesn't have to be created into a dance, although we can do that. Dissolve, says death. You see what you can do with that sound, but you're, oh, dissolve, says death. It could be what you want to do. It's a whole play. But it's another... Well, you can back that up without thinking that's 14 steps. Hmm. So is Emily seated at her window figuring and counting? Well, that in a way is totally irrelevant. But what we have is a masterpiece of meaning and movement and energy that happens to be pulsing in... 14 patterns, the pattern emerges out of movement, 14 steps. Isn't that wonderful? So we really have four breaths which are articulated, tongue of foot, foot to tongue. So tongue moving through hands to the feet, feet moving through hands to the tongue. You see how that works? Well, you can see that walking the world, while well, we were talking about a campsite, what it means to break camp. It might be the last time you ever see this place. It's a beloved you're saying farewell to. How does that little poem go? Armies have sergeants. Monks have masters, but pilgrims must go it alone. Somebody give me a name for the energy of breaking camp and heading out into the unknown alone. That's in the little clavier composed for it a good, close friend of mine, Evelyn. And we have no tradition of that. In the Alps, they do. 
and every time I say that, I become so choked up. Uh, forgive me, it's a kind of homesickness. It's a, it's a very ancient ritual when somebody sets out to climb or to uh, attempt something that is unknown, heading into the real wilderness of the unknown. It's a ritual. I was saw this this book that I don't want to read it about the American wilderness and the American mind. You see, I don't think it's complicated, and I'm really not very interested in the contradiction of nationalism and how that sees wilderness. Wilderness, yes. Protecting it, yes. That's the spirit of the circumambulation. Wilderness unknown, unknown wilderness. That's all I need to know. And that's living sound, that's music, that's art, that's science, that's religion. Well, isn't that wonderful? That's enough stuff for in our backpack. But that ritual in the Alps, you see, we have nothing like that here. So when one heads out to do something difficult, and don't forget that we question the whole idea of mountains and meaning the sport of mountains, skiing difficult routes or climbing difficult routes, that's all well and good, but um, that's obviously just this limited self-centered ego energy, no different than the politician who wants to dominate. Um, for his or her own self-centered um, reasons, pride, greed, whatever. That's always a form of violence. But in the Alps, that ritual, they um, come together in a very moving way. and simply cross each other's forehead. And they obviously know because they've seen it happen many times before that that, that might be the last time. Death. So what do we know about death? Well, not very much, right? In our wonderful digital revolution, energy revolution, well, where is our revolution of consciousness? So death is a dialogue between the spirit and the dust. Well, a great part of Western culture has no spirit, huh? So to be confused about spirit is in a way to be confused about everything. And from that, it's only one step to saying sound is simply a mechanical movement of air. That water that I can hear, it's a little bit too far away for the recorder. But it's ever-present, that rushing sound. 
I always say that it's the sound which holds all sounds. Just like Rilke said, I believe, that the smell of living soil, I'm paraphrasing, is the smell which holds all smell. That's the dust of Dickinson's poem. We're made of dust. Think of that. Death is a dialogue between the spirit and the dust. Dissolve, says death. Just break the hell of the patterns. The pattern in scientific American just falls apart. And then you, baby, are just nothing. That's not what that ritual circumambulation I always do it with a circle of that crossing the forehead. Other cultures would call that what the third eye of the other person. Well, here we don't do that, and so that <laughs> armies have sergeants and monks have masters. But up here, you have to force yourself, okay, we gotta go, so. There's always some a primal relationship of energy that is, well, it really is broken, mother and child. A cutting of the cord and the other becomes independent relatively and moves on. Dissolve, says death, the spirit, sir, so they're talking to each other. It's very interesting. So how we perform that will depend on the context, the wider circle, the time, the energy. But that's another 14, so. We'll try writing that down for fun. If you know a bit of musical notation. Ah, oh, let's have a computer do that. Well, a computer can easily write that down, but it will not be legible I don't want to give away trade secrets. <laughs> but it will not be legible to a human being. If you want to, that's a nice theme for a dissertation somewhere. So another 14 steps. Death doubts it argues from the ground, more dust. The spirit goes away, just laying low for evidence, an overcoat of clay. You see, poems to live by is really about an excellence of energy that's non-personal, just like yoga, you know, the, if it, just like Alexander Technique. It frees you in a way that the only thing the technique does, again, just go out and watch videos. Don't bother to do it with a real teacher because they're too expensive. And most of them wouldn't agree with my approach anyway, so let them do their own thing. But to get the the reason why AT, Alexander Technique, is so important is that it is identical at a much lower level with Krishnamurti and consciousness. 
So the, very quickly, the essence of Krishnamurti is in a way simply taking away disorder, conflict, violence. That's all it's about. Well, he's not the first. The Jains have a whole philosophy that goes wrong, but the initial insight is the same, that it's always about violence, that the natural order of the universe is harmony and nonviolence. Hmm? And then Westerner will always jump, well, what about the, the, um, the, is the, there are no grizzly bears nearby, but another bear could come and just devour a cliff and make mincemeat of him. And, well, is that, but that is not violence in the way we are using the word. Violence doesn't exist in nature. Now, is that a fact or a theory? For me, it's a fact, but for you, listener, it's a theory. So it's a question. Conclusions fight questions ask. So what human consciousness, that's the spirit of the circumambulation, this mandala pilgrimage of the great Wallawas, that conflict in human consciousness is a conflict that sticks. It's the Israeli-Palestinian thing, which will go on forever until a third movement of energy, not party, but a real dialogue begins. Now, how does that dialogue begin? It's not complicated. It's just the world says, stop. That's all. That's all it takes. And you don't know what comes after that, but you know that the violence stops. And if it's real dialogue, without defining it, you go into the root causes of the pollution, just like this water. That's what we'll be doing for the next six weeks, is running these rivers and looking not just at chemical pollution, but spiritual pollution of why we think we have the right to control Mother Earth, to control the run of the living water. Why do we think we have that right? And not only are we so arrogant and full of hubris that we don't even see the consequences of that faulty assumption, that these trees, everyone here is suffering just in the way, if I keep sitting here another hour, I'll be suffering too because of heat exposure. These circumambulations are becoming more and more risky just in the biking on asphalt because of the extreme temperatures and the smoke in the air. So ask these trees, how are they doing? Well, they would say, cleft snow, where's our snow? It's too, it's too warm, we can't transpire. Our stomata are porous, we have to close them. And if we close them, we can't breathe. So many thresholds are being chain-crossed as we speak. Death doubts it, argues from the ground. The spirit goes away. You see, that's scientific Americans saying to, well, how can you prove, this is already in Dickinson's time, that we have a spirit? Well, you can't. Sometimes it's fun, so we have 14, 14, 14, that makes 56. And then relational resonance, 
that's not a part of poems to live by, but we're crossing artificial <laughs> boundaries. That makes 3136, 3136 relational resonance in that little masterpiece. Well, that's somehow what we're doing when we're composing, when we don't get in the way, Krishnamurti taking away Alexander technique, taking away unnecessary tension. Yoga is not about being on a Hollywood beach and blonde and beautiful. It's about doing things without force in the way that we're looking here. Death doubts it. Scientific American, go clip. What are you talking about, this spirit stuff? How are you going to measure it? Right? How are you going to demonstrate what you're talking about? Oh, we can't, right? So it's good to imitate as an honoring ritual. Like here's a little Dickinson-like poem. Few come back from death to tell us of its sound. A lock snaps shut. The key is never found. One light passes its spark onto the next. A time was turning about the sum, the rest. Well, that's 42 steps. Well, 42 and 56, it's almost in, if we're not being precise, but that the relational resonance is nearly half. That's this mystery of geometrical exponential increases. So that's 1,764 steps. You see, in music, that's tremendously relevant, how all of those sounds fit together. Let's do another poem to live by. Out of infinite longings rise finite deeds like weak fountains, falling back just in time and trembling. And yet what otherwise remains silent our happy energies show themselves in these dancing Tears. That's another little Ryoka initial poem to live by. That's 24 plus 24 steps. So now we're talking as like composers almost. Not quite poets because they, they're stuck in an outmoded way of thinking, but perhaps they'll come along on their circumambulation of living sound. 24, 24, 48, so that makes almost 2,000 relational resonances. Well, that's what gives one a sense of living sound. Without thinking about it, it's, and it's not just a feeling and we're doing our AT Krishnamurti Yoga, so we're looking at self-deception fiercely, always. 
because we're looking at why we're doing the circumambulation. Right now we're doing it with living sound and poetry and music and a little bit of dance, tongue a foot, foot a tongue. Well, imagine teaching that, teaching now the teachers that having fun with a kid. Just be simple. Death doubts it, argues from the ground. You see, now straighten it out. Death doubts it, argues from the ground. The spirit goes away. Or, sp or simplify it even further. Death doubts it, argues from the ground. The spirit goes away. You see, all of a sudden we have a chant. We have a mantra. Now you got to figure it out if those sounds are good, if they're harmonious, if they're healing. So you have to be your own teacher as the taught. Nobody's passing out healing mantras. And that's fun. That's like finding your own root around this great heart of compassion and energy we call the Eagle Cap Wilderness with all its magnificent world-class rivers. Okay, it's time to pack up. Thanks for listening. This is Cliff. Check that out. It's on the circle in the square. There's some pieces that use that death is a dialogue. How fast can you do it? Death is a dialogue between the spirit and the dust. Dissolve, says death. The spirit, sir, I have another trust. Death doubts it, argues from the ground. The spirit goes away, just laying low for evidence an overcoat of clay. Check it out, cs-music.com. Ciao for now. This is Cliff signing off.